welcome to Conversations with Achievers. I'm your host, Robert Wright. I'm a mentor to owners, executives, and their teams, and CEO of Extraordinary People, LLC. I work with people that want to create extraordinary business performance with less stress, more joy, and more personal fulfillment. So sit back, relax, and prepare to learn from your peers as we explore what it takes in terms of attitudes, habits, and behaviors that achieve extraordinary results. Results for yourself, for your family, and your community. Hello, Robert White here, and so excited today to have my friend and uh, really, in some ways, a mentor, Keith Larson, as our guest. Keith has an incredible, wide-ranging background, running companies, running associations, uh, being a volunteer in the community in a really significant way, which is how I got to know him with his service to uh, the Thai organization in Denver and watched his leadership skills in person. So I've got a little bit more knowledge in a very experiential way with this guy, but I'll have him introduce yourself. Keith, why don't you tell us about the your primary organization, but also a little bit about your consulting gig, which I find so fascinating. Yeah, I'm really doing uh, two things right now. Well, maybe three. Um, the first thing that I'm spending most of my time on is I'm the CFO and Chief Business Officer of an organization called the All Health Network. And All Health is a um, community safety net for mental behavior, health, and substance use clientele. Um, we service a, a little less than 20,000 clients a year. Um, we have 15 offices on the south side of Denver. We service people that have you know mild um, anxiety or depression all the way up to serious um, uh, persistent and mental health issues that, you know, are as tough as you can imagine. Um, so, you know, I started there about seven years ago, just asked by a board member to come and help them with their finances. And um, they were pretty close to being bankrupt. And now that we've, um, seven years later, we got money in the bank and we're financially very healthy. So I'm really proud of what we're able to do as a team. We have about 500 employees. So it's a good sized organization and it does uh, helps the community quite a bit, you know, with its safety net. Uh, about 70% of our clients are Medicaid. Um, so they, you can kind of imagine some of the issues they have to deal with in their life. And then to have mental health or substance use issues, it just complicates everything. The other thing that I'm doing, maybe about 25% of my time, is um, I work with a bunch of ex-Procter & Gamble people to help um, uh, large companies develop new products, test them in the market. And uh, I worked for Procter & Gamble and Procter & Gamble bosses for several years and have a really rich network. And what we do is we work for name brand companies. They come up with ideas about new products we make them and then we go out in the market and test them. And I've been doing that for about eight years also. So really enjoying that. And that gets me out there. The last thing I was going to say is, is I'm now on the board of directors for the Colorado uh, Management Group, um, Medical Group Management Association, which is an association of about 600 Colorado um, 
uh, providers. And um, what we try to do is be an association and help through education, connect with connections. Um, it's a little bit like the stuff we used to do for Thai for entrepreneurs, but this is for the uh, medical uh, providers out there that, you know, some of them are pretty small organizations and they need help and coaching on all the different regulations and and the payer um, mentality now. So those are the three things I'm doing right now. Wow, that's a busy schedule. Maybe we could talk to you about time organization. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd pass that class. <laughs> well, that probably indicates you're paying a lot of attention to it. And, uh, and actually, I know you are. Uh, well, kind of going in reverse order, I think uh, my sense is that there's been almost like a revolution in the medical field uh, around professional management. I think it wasn't that long ago that it was some doctors that most of them, I think, that took on the job because nobody else would. Uh, that's quite a bit different today, right? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think the people like myself, business managers, that's what I really am as a professional business manager and problem solver. I think they're penetrating into the medical field more and more all the time. And and in the seven, eight years I've been involved in the, the medical side of the business, I think I've, I've, I've learned a lot, you know, because, you know, I'm just a business manager and not a professional healthcare, but I can see the world a little different and bring some of my management skills to the side of medical practice. And it, it's very rewarding because there are a lot of really, really good people in the healthcare industry that want to do the right things, but they've been all trained on their healthcare side of the business and very little. I see more and more all the time, but a lot of them have not been trained in, trained in revenue cycle, collections, business management, revenue generation, all those skills. And so I think a professional business people are a good match in the healthcare field in, at this time. And the doors are opening up because the professionals, the providers know that they're very skilled in certain areas, but just getting an MBA doesn't mean you have, you know, 30 years of experience on how to right. run a business. So, um, I think it's a good combination of healthcare uh, professionals and business people. Well, and again, that kind of pattern of going through things backwards. Uh, <laughs> not sure what that says about me, but uh, <laughs> in your consulting business, what I was fascinated to learn as kind of somebody really on the outside in that regard is th that a lot of big companies don't like to uh, don't innovate because they don't want to publicly fail, but they will off, off outsource it. Is that yeah, an yeah. accurate way? Yeah, and I'd say outsource it. It's, it's, it's been really fun. Uh, um, Jonathan Tofel is a friend and an ex-PNGer also, and he started the company maybe eight or nine years ago. And he realized that it's very, very expensive to, to develop a product in, inside of a company. It's legally uh, time-consuming. And you're at risk. I mean, if you have a large name brand company and you go out with an energy bar and it fails, well, that tarnishes your brand that you spent the last 50 years developing. So a lot of times they'll come to us and they say, hey, this is, we think this is a good idea. Can you make it? And typically we can make it for, you know, maybe 25% of the cost they have. We don't have the legal barriers. We have a, a lawyer that we utilize, of course, but we don't have five layers of management and five layers of, of um, 
you know, legal uh, hurdles to go through. And sometimes we'll test it in the market under our name, Mission Field. You know, so it's tested out there. If it fails, it's Mission Field. Who cares? You know, it's a consulting company. It's not a name brand company out in the market. So yeah, a lot of large companies and very, very um, hot time for it because it's a lot of it's natural foods that we're looking at now. A lot of the large companies, consumer brands want to get into the natural food area, but it's it's different. It's a different mindset. And sometimes we'll make a brand and we'll, we'll test it and everything. It's healthy food and everything else, but they'll want to go through, you know, like a 500 page document of testing it. And we go, no, no, if you want to do a 500 page document, go ahead and do it yourself. But if you really want to get a healthy product to the market in the next six months instead of the next two years, you know, let us kind of do our thing because we're pretty good at it now. Oh, that's great. And is there a, a kind of a revenue uh, limit? I mean, most of the people listening to this program, uh, you know, our research says are doing between 10 and, and $100 million a year in revenue, kind of in that, let's say 50 million a year. Can that kind of a company, number one, afford uh, the services of, of, of uh, that you're consulting yeah, from? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it, well, is it a good investment for them? Well, I think it, it is a good investment. I know what Jonathan has really tried. He, he doesn't want to be in the startup world because that's a different mindset and a different ride and roller coaster. We've learned that from Ty. But, but you know, we are very skilled at finding a co-manufacturer, somebody to make a product. We are very skilled at running the product at a very reasonable lower cost than it would a large company. And we know the, the legal barriers on, you know, what, what do you have to have on, you know, a, a soda can? What do you have to have on an energy bar to, for descriptions? And we even have our own barcoding system. So that goes into stores, we get the feedback of who sold it, where, and what, what time. And yeah. so, yeah, if, if you do that, but, you know, my only caution is, is, you know, Jonathan doesn't want to work for free or doesn't want to work for shares of the company or that kind of thing, you know, because, you know, he's learned over time that our skill set is better utilized by, you know, being paid for it. But, you know, we're much cheaper than some of those name brand companies out there that that do, you know, uh, product development, if you will. Well, later, I'm going to give you the opportunity to let people know how to be in touch with you. I have a okay. feeling that some of our listeners and viewers uh, could save some money and time and energy and uh, and get um, get a bit of more of an innovation approach by uh, contracting it out. Uh, and finally, you know, the uh, you and I spoke uh, privately about uh, the fact that you're trying to hire I think the number was like 50 or 60 therapists, like right now. Yeah, yeah. We, um, what's going last on? Year, yeah. Well, we all know that behavioral health has been an issue in substance use for a lot of years and seems to be getting worse and worse. Well, then, of course, you had COVID come along and all these people had to spend time at home. And some people have smaller houses or too many people in the house or, didn't get out and, and take care of themselves. And so what we're seeing is that all health helps, like I said, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, substance use, those kinds of issues. 
And those issues, unfortunately, are escalating at this time. So there's getting to be more and more issues out there. And so we have to grow. Uh, when I started with All Health, we were a $30 million organization. This year, we're going to have top revenue of, of $70 million. And so you can kind of see in the last seven years, we've gone from 30 million in revenue to 70. And we've hired, uh, we, we had 300 employees, now we have 500. Last year, because the demand has gone up so much, we hired, and when I say year, we're mid-year fiscal year. So we just finished our fiscal year. Last fiscal year, we hired 52 therapists. And and now we're gonna we're we're targeted to hire another fifty this year if we can find them and get them hired, and um, right now we're turning away you know maybe fifty to hundred people a month that need services and and in Colorado it's kind of you know it's shocking I guess that only twenty percent of the people that need mental health services are seeking it, so we know the demand is really really big out there and. As we were talking, Robert, for a business, it's great to be booming, but for a person, it's just so sad to see so many people with so many issues that have been accelerated by, you know, the COVID situation. And we're in 40 schools, we're in 12 police departments. So it's it's really everywhere. It's not something that's only in Arapahoe County and not in Douglas County. And it's in Douglas County. It's in Arapahoe County. It's with people high income. It's people with low income. Uh, I think 60% of our clients are Medicaid and that complicates it. If you don't have a you know, high income to pay for things and you have mental health or substance use issues, it just complicates everything. So it's, it's, it's a problem across our society at this stage. And, uh, you know, you've been in a lot of different industries and, and incredible experiences. Uh, you mentioned earlier, you're a grandpa, so you, you've had that experience of raising children. Uh, yeah. Anything you could add to a, a primarily business leadership audience about uh, what all of this means to them in hiring, perhaps, or in supervising and managing what have you learned and what have you picked up over the years? I mean, it, it is the last couple of years, particularly, it, I think it's accelerated and, and amplified the issues. But uh, whether you're running a warehouse or a plumbing company, uh, mental health is starting to pop up around you. Yeah, it's everywhere, you know, and and I've been fortunate enough that I've had a really nice career and I'm kind of coming towards the end of it. Um, but I've worked for large companies like Procter & Gamble and DuPont. I've worked for medium-sized companies now like All Health. And I've worked for startups, you know, and I think it's it's very consistent that business is business, you know, and it really comes down to people. You really need the right people on your bus. I know that's a cliche, but I think I was thinking about the other day when I was kind of thinking about what we might talk about. Culture is critical. And you fitting into the culture is critical too. There's really negative cultures that are very successful. There's very positive cultures that are very successful. Some of them are, you know, looking over the shoulder culture. Some of them are, hey, you know, you can go out there and just be successful and, and do what you need. But you have to have a culture that fits you. I think that's really the, the point I really want to make here is, I could be successful in many cultures, 
but I, I could be really a failure in some cultures. If the culture was, you know, and I know we went through a hostile takeover in one of the companies I worked for a few years ago, and their culture was beat you over the head, make oh. sure that you, you know, put in 40 hours a week plus another 20 on the weekend. And, you know, that kind of a culture, it was just so grinding. And I knew right away I wasn't going to fit with that new culture and the new management. So it's it's developing the culture you want and need and make sure you take care of your employees. But make sure if you're going to go into a job that you're a fit for that culture, because just because you're a big, successful, experienced executive doesn't mean you're going to fit in a certain culture. They could spit you out in a minute, which is basically what happened with with a, when I didn't fit into the uh, culture that after the act, uh, hostile takeover, it was really a hostile, hostile takeover. So yes. You know, that uh, that cultural thing, you know, it's often credited with uh, by Peter, uh, to Peter Drucker. I think some other people actually said it, but that, that culture eats strategy for breakfast uh, line is mostly true. And it, do, it doesn't obviate the need for a good strategy, but uh, how people are feeling and thinking and how things are done around here, which has been in my company, that's been our traditional definition of culture to make it simple and vivid is, is simply the way things get done around here. It can either trap you or it can enable you to incredible growth. Uh, but but it is particularly in, in hiring younger people, I'm finding yeah. they are more and more tuned to what's the culture of the company I'm stepping into. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was gonna lead to next. And I think there's a good introduction for it. You know, people are people and business is business, but I think people, the young people will stand up more for what they believe in. And if they if if they don't believe in what the company's doing, they'll disappear. I heard that um I heard that term just the other day quiet termination where they'll just disappear on you you know they're not yeah. if you don't have the right culture and you're not working with them yeah maybe some of them will speak up and try to change the culture but a lot of them might just disappear on you and it is a different world out there i think business is business and taking care of people has always been the top priority but you have to meet the needs of the younger people so much more than you did in the past and and right now, of course, there's a labor shortage, so you have to double down on that. Uh, one of my friends, a graduate of our programs, is an amazing guy that lives up in Boulder named Alan Paris. Alan is a professional public speaker, and he's uh, one of his many claims to fame is he's the only public speaker ever invited to speak to the uh, million-dollar roundtable for life insurance people. He's oh, the only wow. He's the only one selected to speak twice to them. Oof. It's a big honor to be to get invited once. And by the way, I have not been invited. <laughs> In case anybody's listening from that industry, I'm available for that. Um, Alan's just incredibly talented. And an interesting thing, he, as he's gotten older, and I think wanting to give back a bit, he's uh, he's doing trainings for other speakers. And I didn't realize how many people in business speak, uh, and, and particularly in financial services, I guess, they run around and 
give these workshops on their latest uh, financial product to financial advisors, investment advisors, and so on. Many, many thousands of these people that I never even, I never knew they existed. But so he trains a lot of business people in public speaking. And one of the things I learned, I, I, he asked me to observe. I went as a student. I don't like to observe things. And, uh, you know, and I like to think I'm reasonably good on the platform. Uh, and I have a lot of evidence about that. But, uh, you know, you can always learn. And I'd learned a lot from Alan Paris, so much. And uh, But the thing that he mentioned that I thought was so powerful is that CEOs today and senior executives, they have to get very, very good at communicating their purpose for their company, their vision, their values, again and again and again. And yeah, you want to say it a little bit different each time so you don't bore people, but that ability to constantly source uh, culture, a positive life-affirming culture. That's an incredible executive skill. I just read an article on this particular topic and, and I think it really drove it home. You know, I'm an engineer by training. And when I started my career, engineering and finance so were really the people that you were going to pick to run your companies. That was the people that you're going to... And now they're talking about the trend is moving to people that have more of a communication background or a human resources background. Those are the kind of people that are really starting to drive some of the larger companies now because that's really the skill that's coming to the top. Now, you can't ever forget about the engineering side or the finance <laughs> side because they help a, a lot. Right. And I think that's what happened to all health before I got there is they were on the human side, not on the finance side. But mm. you can see how important the human side is growing, it just seems like it's becoming more and more important. Part of that is because the workforce is has a lot of demands on it internally, but also externally in the society and the places they live. So you have to be in touch with your employees and, and make sure you try as hard as you can to meet their, their personal needs and maybe even some of their outside needs, giving them time off when they need it. You know, I probably should ask you to swear that I did not pay you to do that commercial for my work in the last <laughs> couple of minutes. <laughs> Thanks, Keith. Uh, of course, I agree. Well, look, uh, any one final thing that you've been thinking about that you think might be of value to our folks? We've got about a minute here for that. Yeah, yeah. I think for for the, maybe this is for the senior people that are out there like myself is just don't give up on a career. If you bump into a couple of things, you know, we went through a hostile takeover, go out and figure out how to reinvent yourself, figure out because you're really valuable. All that experience that you have is very valuable out in the society. There's a lot of young people with a lot of energy, but they surely don't have the experience you do. And it's been very gratifying for me to totally reinvent myself from going from a consumer product company to now being in healthcare and natural foods and my skill set still is valuable and I can contribute a lot. And so sometimes senior people, they bump into something, they give up, but I'm saying don't give up because the, you know, the society and the industry and business really needs your help and healthcare too, right? I mean, healthcare really needs your help. Uh, well, that's wise counsel. Keith, first of all, just thank you. Thank you for sharing so openly. I'm not surprised that in our friendship, that's always what has marked. Uh, if I think about you, I think about learning and, and what I'm learning just from being around you. 
uh, how, if people would like to connect with you, learn from you, uh, engage with you in, in any way, how do, what's the best way for them to do that? I think probably through my consulting business, it's Keith, K-I-T-H, at mission-field.com. That's a long one. Let's repeat it. <laughs> okay. It's Keith, K-E-I-T-H, at mission, M-I-S-S-I-O-N, dash field, F-I-E-L-D.com. So that's great. best way. And just send me an email. I answer all my emails. So love to hear from you. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I look forward to our next coffee. Yeah, good. Thanks, Robert. Take care. Much love to you. Thanks so much for joining us for Conversations with Achievers. If you or someone you know would make a good guest for this weekly show, the details are at therobertwhite.com and click on podcasts. I'm looking for businessmen and women with a story to tell, stories that might benefit other owners and executives. If you got some value from this program, I'd really appreciate you sharing about it on social media and just mentioned www.therobertwhite.com slash podcast. Of course, subscribing means you won't miss a show and rating the podcast positively will leave Robert smiling. I'm building a movement here for leaders, leaders who want to succeed in business, succeed with their families, have fun, and contribute toward making the world a better place. It's special to me that you chose to listen. I look forward to connecting again next week. Remember, reach out to me anytime with any questions or concerns at therobertwhite.com. Bye for now.